Hello, language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things ISM podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. If you have listened to previous episodes of this show, there's a good chance that you've heard me say an Icelandic name. Just like the language, Icelandic names can be difficult to pronounce, spell, and understand when being spoken, especially for someone that doesn't know the language. Even though Icelandic people are pretty laid back about many things, mainly because they live in a world where flexibility of plans is a crucial part of their survival, they still take their naming system quite seriously. During this episode, I will first start out with explaining the structure of Icelandic names, then I will delve a bit deeper into the fascinating rules and unique cultural aspects of this system. All right, so let's dive into the structure of Icelandic names. In Iceland, a native person's name is usually a combination of their father's first name and if they are a daughter or son. I say usually because this system is mostly patronymic. However, there are people whose last name is a combination of their mother's first name and if they are her daughter or son. To give you an example of at least the most common way that the system works here in Iceland, let's say there's a woman named Gudrun who has a father with the first name Jón. Her name will be Gudrun Jónsdóttir, or literally Gudrun, the daughter of Jón. If there's a man named Vumantur and his father's first name is Helgi, his name will be Gudmantur Helgason, or literally Gudmantur, the son of Helgi. You might have noticed that the names Jón and Helgi changed a little bit when they became the last names, Jónsdóttir and Helgason. This has to do with the structure of the Icelandic language and how words are declined depending on the grammatical case that they're in. Additionally, someone's last name can be a combination of their parents' middle name and their gender. Some Icelandic people prefer to be called by their middle name rather than their first name, as well as an Icelander might decide that their middle name fits the child's name better when made into a last name. Thankfully, this kind of all fits within the rules, which I will get into a little bit later. While this system might seem confusing at first, the good news is that the learning curve for understanding it is fairly easy because it's gender-based. If you know an Icelandic person's full name, you will know right away if they are male or female. This can be helpful, especially since some Icelandic first names are quite unique. For instance, it might be hard for a foreigner to know if someone named Gudbjörg is male or female. Just for the record, it's a female name. Random side note, I'm curious to see how Iceland's system adapts to individuals that do not conform to a gender, but that isn't a topic that I will be diving into today. Because an Icelandic person's last name is dependent on one of their parents' first names and their gender, there are mostly no family names in Iceland. For example, a family of four that has two parents and two kids, let's just say one male and the other female, will all have different last names. In the following example, I will do my best to explain this. However, if it gets confusing, please check out the show notes for my episode on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com to see how I have the names laid out so you can understand that they all are different. So, if a man named Gunnar Gudmundsson has a partner named Katrin Einarsdottir, and let's say that they have two kids, 
a daughter named Gudni and a son named Björvin. The parents have taken the more traditional route or common route here in Iceland, so the kids' last names will have the father's first name. So the full names of the kids are Gudni Gunnarsdottir and Björvin Gunnarsson. When you look at all the names spelled out in a row, they're all different. Of course, same-sex siblings, such as brothers, will have the same last name in a family as long as they share the same father or mother whose first or middle name is being used for their last name. As many people don't see this system as strange, but the majority of people from other countries are shocked to hear this fact. In fact, finding this out made Iceland even more intriguing to me, and it might even be doing the same for you right now. While the surname system that I mentioned to you is the most common in Iceland, there are some people that have family names. There are very few of those family names here. Most of them were created by Icelanders that lived abroad in Denmark and adapted the family name system before returning to Iceland. Some famous Icelandic people have inherited family names, one of them being Haltor Laxness, Iceland's only Nobel laureate. The reason that there are a few inherited Icelandic surnames or family names is that a law was put into place after 1925 that prohibited Icelandic people from having a family name unless that person has a legal right to do so through inheritance. The one downside to the Icelandic naming system is that it can sometimes cause issues for families that are traveling abroad, especially with young children, because the members of the family have different last names. If an immigration officer is not familiar with this naming system, it can lead to lots of questions and potentially a delay in travel. Another result from this naming system is that some expatriate Icelandic people that have adopted the family name system of the country they're living in, such as Canada or U.S., let's just say, ended up having family names that are incompatible with the original Icelandic system. For instance, if Steinar Magnusson moved to Canada permanently and decided to take up the family name system, all of his offspring would have the last name Magnusson. It is completely incompatible because none of the offspring would be the son of Magnus. It is especially fascinating to see a woman with the last name that ends in son because she's clearly not the son of that person. Even though this is strange for Icelandic people to see, it's quite normal for non-Icelandic people, mainly because they're not familiar with this system. When I first moved here, one thing I found to be quite confusing was that many people have the same last name, but they don't share the same parents. This has to do with the popularity of certain first names. One would assume that the system would make it confusing for Icelandic people to know who's who when they are talking about someone, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Iceland is a small enough place that context, nicknames, and a simple system allows for Icelandic people to talk about, let's say, two Athnar Olafsons without getting them confused. It might be that one of the Athnars has the middle name Maur. If so, then they might refer to one Athnar as just plainly Athnar and the other as Athnar Maur. If the person doesn't have a middle name, then they might be called by their first name and the beginning of their last name. An example of this is if you have two Jóns, so one Jón Stefánsson, and the other is Jón Thorlákson. So Jón Stefánsson would be addressed as Jón Stefáns, and the Jón Thorlákson could be addressed as Jón Thorláks. 
Nicknames are also used, and they can vary according to the name. Additionally, one name can have many different nicknames associated with it. For instance, a man named Hautor might have the nickname Dore, Dote, or Hatle. The nickname is chosen early on in life and usually sticks with the person throughout their life if they like it. I find it kind of funny that this country has so few people. The phone book in Iceland is alphabetized by first name, as well as you can even see the person's profession along with their contact details. If you're curious to try it out, you can check out yao.is or ja.is. And I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And you can look through the directory, try to search for an Icelandic person's name or put in an Icelandic name like Gunnar or Helga and see how many of those people pop up. If you've ever wondered why there are so many people in Iceland with the same first name, you might be surprised to know that it is not just because Icelandic people like those particular names. Granted, that is part of it, but also the Icelandic National Registry, or Thjóðskrál, has a list of approved Icelandic names that people have to choose from in the country. Whether an Icelander wants to change their name or pick out a name for their baby, they must choose a name from the list. While it would be great if the naming system was self-governed, it seems that Icelandic people don't want to take any chances. So they have a committee of people that keeps track of and updates the naming list. If you want a name for yourself or your child that is not on the list, you have to submit it to the naming committee and wait for their approval. While this probably sounds overly strict and impinging on us and people's freedom to choose whatever name they want for themselves and their child, there are some valid reasons for these rules. One of the most important is that the structure of the Icelandic language doesn't work for every name. And that is because there are a set of rules on how a name is declined in Icelandic, given a certain grammatical case. You got a taste of that when I talked about Icelanders having different last names within their family. The list of names helps Icelandic people to preserve their archaic language, which is a national treasure. If you'd like to learn more about the history of the Icelandic language, check out episode two of this podcast, which gives you a brief history of the language, if you haven't already, of course, listened to it. I will have a link to it in the show notes on my website. Another reason for these rules is that in the 1880s, Icelandic nationalists were afraid that they would become like Denmark, who were still ruling over them at the time. So politicians in the country proposed laws that standardized Icelandic names. The last reason, but certainly not the least, is that many of the same names in Iceland is centered on sentimental value. Many Icelandic people are named after someone in their family or a person that has sentimental value to the parent or parents that named the child. These names can date back to the settlement times. It's kind of a cool way of not only preserving the country's history, but honoring someone that is close to your heart. However, it doesn't mean that names that are not traditionally Icelandic are not included in the mix of names to choose from on that list. The next fact is something that surprised me quite a bit. But now that I've gotten to know about this naming system, I guess it makes sense. And that is, up until 1991, foreigners that moved to the country had to choose an Icelandic name, basically change their name, if they wanted to be granted citizenship. The law was relaxed a bit, but up until 1995, a foreigner that wanted citizenship had to take at least an Icelandic name in addition to their given name. 
if they wanted to be a citizen here. Now that doesn't seem to be the case. Another cultural phenomenon is that Icelandic people have up to six months to pick a name for their child after it has been born. You essentially get a chance to try out different names. The parents normally keep it secret what they would like to name their kid. So during that time period before they have decided on the name, you might hear an Icelandic parent refer to their newborn as drinkur if it's a boy or stulka if it's a girl or the ubiquitous austenmin, which is my love, before they have settled on a name. To celebrate, most Icelanders gather friends and family for a christening or naming party after they have finally chosen a name for the baby. If you are from Sweden or Norway, or if you're familiar with names from those countries, you probably notice that some of the names in Iceland sound similar to the names in those countries. As mentioned in previous episodes of this podcast, Iceland was settled by mostly Norwegian people, so it is not a coincidence that they have similarities in names with those Nordic countries. However, it's worth noting that Iceland is the only country in Western Europe that still uses this system. Now that you've learned a little bit about Iceland's unique naming system, we're going to move on to the next segment of the show, which is a random fact about Iceland. As mentioned before, there are a lot of people with the same name in Iceland, and I thought it was a bit of a coincidence until I found out that about 80% of the population share the 200 most popular names in the country. The most popular male names are Jón, Sigurður, and Gvimundur. The most popular female names are Gudrun, Anna, and Kristín. The Icelandic word for today is appropriately name, which is pronounced nap, nap. And if you look on my website at this word, that in English, it would, the letters would be N-A-F-N, the F sounds like a P, and then they have this kind of breathing out through the nose sound that's happening at the end. So there's a combination of F and N that come off as a bit of a P and then this breathing out. So one more time, nap. I know it might seem kind of strange to do this, but over time when you're practicing Icelandic or just dabbling in it, you'll see that certain rules help you to know how to pronounce things, as well as, of course, it gets easier and doesn't seem as foreign (laughs) as you continuously do it. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of All Things Iceland. I upload a new episode every week, so make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss them. If you would like to connect with me, see when new episodes are published, and check out my adventures in Iceland and abroad, I have links to my social media profiles on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com.